0: On August 10th, 2021, the Justice Department announced a settlement with Brown University over mental health leave of absences. Students with mental health disabilities on leave were allegedly denied readmission at Brown University even when the doctors approved their return to school. The Department of Justice has claimed that Brown University violated Title III of the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act. So today I want to talk about mental health in college and some of the accommodations you can get for mental health disabilities and talk about some of the things that you should do when mental health issues surface and become problematic for you during the semester. But please understand I am not a mental health counselor. I'm a learning disability specialist, and I was a disability services coordinator, but I supported students with mental health disabilities in my positions with the college, and I am aware of the kinds of resources and accommodations that you need to ask about. So keep that in mind as you're listening to today's podcast. So welcome to College Disabilities and Success, episode 36 mental health accommodations by Mickey Hayes. The opinions in this podcast are my own, but please reach out to your college physicians or legal services for any additional information. If you are a college student with a mental health disability, the settlement with Brown University should do two things. It should scare you a little bit that it even happened, that this became an issue, but it should also let you know that if you have a child who has mental health issues or if you personally have mental health issues and you're considering heading to college, that this is one of the issues that you want to ask Disability Services about before you make that application. So you want to find out from Disability Services how they accommodate you for mental health issues. And not only the day-to-day business at college, But what can they do if your health becomes too problematic for you throughout the course of the semester? Is there a leave of absence in place? And what does that leave of absence policies and procedures involve? What are the parameters? What are the guidelines? What are the rules that that college has set up to allow for mental health? leave of absences during the course of the semester. Remember what I've told you, you have been listening to this all along. I've said it over and over and over again. Colleges vary from site to site. The ADA is written so that colleges have flexibility in how they follow the ADA, but they still all have to accommodate and follow the ADA. So you may find some colleges are much more user friendly, so to speak, than other colleges. And I think that's what led to the issue with Brown University. Now, that issue has since been addressed and repaired and amended. So Brown University is now going above and beyond to see that students with disabilities, mental health disabilities in particular, are getting the accommodations that they should get, that the procedures are in place correctly. But every college does things their own way. First thing that you should do is find out what you can expect if your mental health flares up. Because college in particular can be very, very stressful. Issues like anxiety, depression, bipolar issues, substance abuse issues, schizophrenia, any kind of mental health disability that students may have at college could become problematic with additional stress. So think about the best way to approach that topic with your disability services office, whether you're a current student right now actively in classes or if you are a student considering college in the fall. Now, if you are a current student right now and you're not even registered with disability services and you feel a need to address your mental health issues with somebody and you're kind of at a loss as to where to go, I would start with disability services at your college even if you're not registered. Because sometimes the disability services offices at the colleges have resource lists available to students who come to see them. And they can guide you and give you suggestions and give you community resources that are available to you outside of the college. And then they can tell you how to go about becoming registered with them for services and for accommodations at the college. So even if you are a current student in college and you find yourself struggling and you don't even know what's going on, but you know that the stress and the anxiety and the depression is getting bad, even if it's undiagnosed, talk to the disability services people because they can at least direct you someplace to get help. But let's take a look at accommodations. Let's assume that you're registered with Disability Services and you need accommodations for mental health. So, what kinds of things might you be able to talk about? You might be able to talk about possibly reducing your course load, dropping a class. I had mentioned in last week's podcast that I had a student who dropped classes outside of the financial aid posted deadlines to drop and ended up having to pay back several thousand dollars because they did that at the wrong time. There could be financial expenses that are part of that. That's another question you need to ask. How does this affect my financial aid? It would benefit you to have a conversation before you drop any classes with your counselor, with disability services, with your advisor Find out from those people. And I'm not trying to be difficult, but your faculty may not be able to advise you accurately simply because that is not their area of expertise. And sometimes faculty don't realize that there's processes that go on behind the scenes with counseling and with disability services that, if you don't follow, could become problematic to you. So it's a good idea to talk to your faculty, but it's also a very good idea to to talk to your counselor to disability services and financial aid before you drop a class. Find out from these people before you drop a class what the repercussions are going to be. Talk to disability services about extended absences. You may need some sort of accommodation for extended absences to cover some immediately necessary available health care. So talk to disability services about that as a possible accommodation. Talk about access to note takers, to recording devices, to additional time for taking tests, for a private room during testing, for extended deadlines, extended time on your tests. These are all accommodations that you can consider, but you can consider a retroactive withdrawal due to mental health challenges as a reasonable accommodation if you follow the guidelines. According to the National Alliance of Mental Illness website, there's a statement on here regarding the leave of absence, and this takes us back to the issue that Brown University had. If you take a leave of absence, you can't just leave. You have to talk to disability services or one of your counselors or advisors about the protocols and procedures for doing that. And if you are not capable, have a representative come and talk to them on your behalf. But if that is the case, find out what your college's process is to get that leave of absence and to return from that leave of absence. Now, there are a couple of things that I want to make absolutely sure you understand. Taking a leave of absence from college does not mean dropping out of one class. It means leaving your program, leaving the college for a particular period of time, and that Depends on a couple of factors. It will depend on your disability and the severity of your situation for sure, but it will also depend on the policies of the college and what their policy is for returning to college. So when you are checking on that leave of absence policy, understand it's for your entire schedule. It is an official request to the college that needs to be carried out by the college. So you can't just drop a class and assume you're going to go back. And that's the difference because we all struggle with certain classes that give us trouble. But it isn't the kind of thing where you have a hard class and the hard class is giving you issues. It is the entire battery of courses that you are taking that semester. And that's why it's so very 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 important to talk to a counselor, to talk to disability services. Clearly handling your crisis is your top priority. But once things calm down a little bit, then you know to make sure that you follow up with the college or have somebody do that on your behalf. My other suggestion is to have a crisis plan in place. And a crisis plan, plan would include contact information for your current medical health care providers, a list of current medications that you are taking, including the doses that you're taking, the contact information for your pharmacy, any notes in particular on your mental health history, including your physical health conditions, and any preferences for who the school should contact and under what circumstances they should reach out to another person. That crisis plan is from the NAMI website as well, and I will have that link also in the credits. And when you have this emergency plan in place, this is something that you keep with you and you share it with someone close to you, a friend, a family member, somebody that you can trust who will follow up with this if things start to unravel and you need some help in a hurry. Okay. That same person could be prearranged even to talk to disability services. So again, that's something you could clear with disability services ahead of time that this person has permission for them to talk to that person on your behalf in the case of an emergency. So there are steps that you could do to mitigate problems if they do happen. In the past, I have supported many, many students with mental health issues, and I don't want to give you the impression that it's a hopeless situation, because it is not. Many students with mental issues and mental health disabilities are very, very successful in college. Once the medical situation is stabilized and addressed properly, students come to college and function beautifully many times students need extra support and that's okay we all do so talk to your advisors or counselors and find out what supports your college has in place some colleges have mental health centers some colleges are affiliated with hospitals that may be available to you some colleges have people on staff who can help with diagnoses if you need them they can refer you to counseling They can provide you with counseling if you need it. There are a lot of resources that that colleges have that many students don't even realize exist. That's why I keep saying it's so important for you to talk to the disability services people to find out that information. Because sometimes you just need a little bit of a fine-tuning every once in a while when things start to get so bad that it all seems to snowball. You want to catch that before that happens and see if there's a way to accommodate you to prevent that from happening. The National Alliance on Mental Illness has some free resources guides that are available to you in both English and Spanish about navigating a mental health crisis. And the guide outlines what you can do, what the warning signs are when a crisis is emerging, de-escalating a crisis, and much more. So the guide is available on the NAMI website And I will have that link in the show notes, and it'll be in the transcript as well. But you can download the guide, whether in English or Spanish, and it will give you some answers that may help you in a situation or with a friend or family member who you might know that is in that situation. And the National Alliance on Mental Illness also provides two things that are really important. They have a national helpline, 800 950 N-A-M-I. And then you can also text NAMI, N-A-M-I, to 741-741. And there is a National Suicide Prevention Helpline. That's 1-800-273-8255. You can email NAMI at info, I-N-F-O, at N-A-M-I.org. Info at NAMI.org. And again, these numbers will all be in the transcript if you need access to them. But the National Alliance on Mental Health, if you call their numbers, they will refer to you to your local NAMI organization so that you can get grassroots local help that you may need in a hurry. So these are good resources to have. The bottom line is always doing what is best for the student, and how to help you or a friend or your child navigate the system. And when you are a college student, it comes down to using the resources that are available to you on site. And it may be disability services. It may be a particular counselor who specializes in mental health. It may be financial aid who can tell you exactly what you need to do to get your financial aid ducks in a row if there's an emergency. But disability services should have that accommodation available to you for a mental health leave of absence. That's what the Justice Department was addressing on August the 10th with Brown University, and so know that every college should have that system in place. So do your homework ahead of time. Find out what disability services has at your college and what you would do in the event of an emergency. It's always good to have a plan, and that will help with hopefully reassuring a student with a mental health disability that all is not lost, that there are processes in place to support you. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you found things valuable. I will have all of the links in my show notes and in my transcript for any of the resources that I mentioned today, including the National Alliance on Mental Illness, but a few others as well. If you have any questions, you can also email me at teaches at gmail.com. That's M-I-C-K-I-E teaches at gmail.com. Have a great rest of the day, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Bye. Information contained throughout this podcast has been gleaned from my own personal experiences. But to ensure accuracy, please contact the Disability Services at the college of your choice to have firsthand information and the most up-to-date policies and procedures followed by your particular institution of higher education. The content in any of these podcasts is not intended as a substitute for information from legal, educational, or medical professionals. Always seek the advice of your attorney or qualified health care provider with any questions you may have with regards to legal, educational, or medical concerns.